Hello, everybody, and welcome back to United Voices, a podcast brought to you by the people of Foster's Voice. We're glad that you're here again with us for another episode. Today's episode is something that I'm looking forward to. It's also kind of a unusual topic that involves an individual that I'm extremely fond of, uh, someone who is like a son to me that I, I love deeply. And it's someone that I am extremely thankful for, that I'll never be able to repay him for. And at the same time, I will forever be guilty for him having to do a deed that I'm thankful that I didn't have to do. And all of that will become clearer as the conversation moves forward. Uh, You will start to understand what it is that I'm talking about here. But we're glad you're with us here uh, for another episode of United Voices. And as always, uh, I have our co-host Ashlyn with us. Ashlyn, how are you doing today? How have you been since we last recorded? I've been doing good. I have just been plodding along, uh, hanging in there, trying to live each day to the best of my ability and keep on the upward track, and so I've been doing good. And your recovery and moving forward and everything is on pace. You're doing well. I don't want to forget about you. I I can tell by the look in your eyes I surprised you with that question, but um, that's okay because that's part of life, but we care and we worry about how you're doing as well, so you're doing okay. I started therapy again about a week ago and that's really important for me and something that I need to continue doing so I'm glad that I'm back in therapy and I'm going to keep just keep going in my recovery journey and do what I need to do to become a better person and to keep fighting these illnesses. That's fantastic and we're proud of you for starting to take those steps. Starting over would be one way to put it but I like to say just uh moving along in your journey. Um, Sometimes we pause um, and then we pick back up. So thank you for picking that journey back up. I think you're always a wonderful person. I don't really necessarily think it's becoming a better person. I think it's working on yourself so that you on the inside can reflect what comes out on the outside. And I think you're on your way. So just keep following the steps. And I'm glad that that journey is getting there for you. But here we are, we're in another episode, and today's guest is Colin Ammerman. Colin was one of Foster's best friends. At the time of Foster's passing, he was probably his closest friend. He was also his roommate. They were pretty much inseparable at the time. And unfortunately, Colin was the young man who unfortunately had to discover Foster at the time that Foster took his own life, because I'm not sure what position or how I would be if I had to be the one to find my son in that position. Now, I feel guilty about that because no no person should have to be in that position, and he found, uh, he found one of his best friends in that position, and uh, that's something that Jamie and I both, we think about that uh, routinely. Uh, We think about what he had to go through and how he had to feel and the emotions that 
he was feeling not only at the time, but even still to this day. Uh, we worry about him. We worry about how it affected him then, how it affects him now, and how it may affect him in the future. But we also know just how amazing he truly is, the type of entrepreneur that he is, the go-getter that he is, how loving he really is. And through all that time in the past almost six years now, Colin has never stopped checking on Jamie and I. He's in constant communication with Jamie. Um, he's always available for us. And like I said, he's family for us. He, he's always been uh, somebody that we just, uh, we can't help but caring about and we love. And I thank you for taking the time for being with us. I know this might not be an easy journey uh, this next half hour or so for you, but I really do want the listeners that are out there to have an idea of what Foster was like uh, from somebody who was really close to him on the friend side. So thank you for taking that opportunity. Thank you for coming and thank you for just uh, being close to my son. I really appreciate that. So welcome. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Like he said, I'm Colin. I was Foster's good friend growing up. Really good friend of his right around the time he passed. Yeah, you guys were, uh, you were roommates, you know, as far as buddies go. I think it was the two of you that were always up to the hijinks at the time uh, for the couple years before uh, he passed away. And during that time, um, he was always, it was Colin and I and Colin and I and Colin and I. And, um, you know, we appreciate that. Um, I was up to no good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I had, I had those types of stories and my dad laughs about them now. And I know that uh, you and Jamie laugh about some of the things that you got into. Some of them are still hard for me to hear. So, <laughs> yes. um, you know, I'm not quite ready for them. Not that I, you know, have any issues with anything that either of you guys did. It's still hard for me sometimes to hear stories about Foster, <laughs> yeah. you know, even good ones, mm -hmm. um, you know, and some I'm ready for, some I'm not. But I'm glad that you shared those with Jamie um, because she certainly is um, in a position in her recovery that she enjoys those and they make her laugh and they make her remember. What what was Foster like as as a friend? Um, you know, yeah. what, what was he like hanging around with? Not just with you, but with the other guys as well. You know, with Isaac and Martin and all the guys. He loved sports. He was always outspoken on his opinion. He always made it be known. Yeah, that anybody he, that, that he knew that. He's just goofy. He didn't care what we did. He would just be down for anything. Yeah, I kind of, I think I think, I talk about that a lot, you know, when I'm talking in schools and, and other things that, you know, he, he was goofy. He, you know, he, mm -hmm. he was the type that he was not shy. No, um, no, no. He, he, he was very, very much the one to express his opinion and I don't want to say get in trouble, but he was the one that was always up for something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the one, that. he was the one that when shenanigans had to happen, mm -hmm. um, he was up for it. Um, I would imagine that he probably had a few ideas. Um, oh yeah. And I would imagine the two of you and the group, um, had a few of them as well. And, you know, we're not talking about anything majorly bad we're talking about young boys doing young boy things that Those being kids yes that we all have have probably done so i don't want anybody to get the the wrong idea but 
um, you know, I did those things back in my 18, 19, 20-year-old uh, times as well. Um, I can remember a time when my father, um, when I was about 14, my father, uh, my dad, he came up to me and he, he finally said back then he, they had Miller High Life and, you know, it was in the bottle. And he told me, you know, if you're going to have a beer, then just open one and drink the beer. Don't open one, take two drinks, put the cap back on it, mm -hmm. and then open another one, take two drinks, and put the cap back on it because now all my beer is flat, you know, because <laughs> I thought I was getting away with something, you know, <laughs> but all I was doing was making him throw out all of his beard. He was more upset about that. So, um, you know, it was just things that you do when you're young boys, mm -hmm. I guess. But um, I know you guys spent a lot of time together and I know that he was able to share a lot of things with you one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. And I'm very thankful that he was able to do that because I know he had you there. Is there anything about Foster that stands out the most to you? He was always a super loyal individual. That's one of the best traits about Foster was you just knew he was on your side if he was your good friend. He, um, he was a good person. He's like that in sports a lot, too, for the wrong teams, but... Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Foster had that. Uh, he followed his dad and he and, and his family. He's a big Cubs fan and uh, <laughs> Colin's a big Cardinal fan. But he did go down. He, he went down to Bush Stadium with you right yeah. before the end there, and yeah. he told me that it was a really great experience for him. No, yeah, it was cool. We sat like I think it was like the eleventh row back, right down first baseline, and it was a great experience. He. He was mad because we got back to the hotel after, and I was tired. I passed out, and he like yeah. out. he was all awake in St. Louis, like I want to be. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he did. <laughs> he told me about it. He said that it was a great experience. Said he had a great time down in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, he's he said he had a lot of fun, and that's kind of kind of how he was. He had his favorite teams, yeah. but at the same time, he just loved sports. And mm -hmm. He he loved being around around the games and around the atmosphere, and especially around his friends. Yeah. Uh, so as long as, as you were there, he he was going to have a good time. But yeah. I have this picture in my head that you were tired and you were dragging. And he, he had that extra gear sometimes that he would just yeah. kind of get into and well, go. He was excited, too. Well, like the week before, a bunch of us buddies went down and he couldn't go because he got Ivy, the cat. Yeah. So he had to stay home. So I told him, I was like, we're going back. And he was like, yeah, whatever. So the next week I bought tickets. I was like, we're... We're going to St. Louis right now. <laughs> he was like, he was all excited. He was like, "Oh, we're really going." I was like, "Yeah, dude," because he was supposed to go to the game and had to miss it. So yeah, so he he, he wasn't the only loyal friend then. You, no, you yeah. kind of took care of him too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that uh, I I know how much I know how much you meant to him. Mm -hmm. um, I know that um, it was expressed in in, in many ways and. You know, I, I don't I don't want to go from the highs to the lows and all that stuff, but I know that Foster passing and the situations that surrounded it, uh, you having to be the one, um, you were the first one, obviously, to find him and see him, and you had to deal with everything on site. Um, Man, that's a lot of responsibility for such a young man, and 
Um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, you always have family here. Um, you handled it as well as any person could. Um, you know, you gave them, you told them where to go, how to, who to get in contact here, um, and how to do it the right way. Um, and you know that we're, we're forever grateful as a family for how you did that, the way you did that, and just the love that you showed for your friend and for us in, in the way that you handled it. But how are you doing with it all? This is a mental health podcast, and I know you're a young man, a big, strong young man, um, but I do worry about you. Those are the facts. Mm -hmm. um, the truth is, you know, you're like my kid, too, and um, sometimes Jamie and I just have a conversation, and I, I worry about how you're doing with all of it. I, um, it's a constant battle. I mean, everybody that's been through anything like that would know. Um, some days are worse than others. I, after, like, I mean, just now, last month, I was talking to somebody I work with. I finally feel like I'm starting to live again. It's been almost six years, and the past six years, I look back, and they're kind of blurry. Yeah. So I lost my grandpa in 2020, yeah. and I found him as well. So between that and the pandemic, I just shut down and stopped living. So it's like, and I, like when I started healing, probably it all kind of happened again. So I um, each day's a battle. You kind of just try to find the good memories. And as time goes on, it doesn't get better. You just have to look forward and live for that person. You know what I mean? You can't. Oh, absolutely. You can't, like, die every day is what I say. No. You have to I, choose I, to live. And we don't want you to. Yeah, exactly. And no. But learning that and learning that's okay to be like that is it's like a constant battle. Because you feel so, it kills you every day, you know? Yeah. No, the pain, the pain never goes away. So you, you have to struggle with that pain sometimes to realize that it's okay to continue to move forward. Yeah. And to be happy. Well, once you realize... If, you could talk to them. They wouldn't want you to. Not at all. You know, they would want you to grow and be happy. And as much as that sucks to realize, it's true. I, I, can, I can tell you straightforward and honestly that he would want you to be the king of the world, man. Yeah. He, he would want you standing on top of everything, doing everything that you ever wanted to do successfully and being the best at everything. That's what he would want for you. And it's what we want for you. Um, and you're right. Now is the time. It's, it is time yeah. uh, for you. And it, it doesn't mean that you, you're leaving him behind. It doesn't no, mean it, you're forgetting him. It still him. hurts every day. You yeah. just, um, like you said, he would, I truly believe that. I, I do too. I know be that. Helping me, you know what I mean? He yeah. would be here. So it's it's motivation. You have to look at it like that. Like, what would be the point of trying to build something and then just give it all up? It's like, well, if they were here, they would see it and they'd be proud, you know? Yeah. He, he, and I know they're watching. Yes, and I know he's proud of you. He was proud of you before he passed. Mm -hmm. um, and I know he's proud of you now. Um, you know, you guys, you guys had a friendship and a bond that just, it, it doesn't end with that. You know, it, it goes on. Uh, it goes on through eternity. 
Um, he's with you every day. You know, I always say that I, I carry him. I carry him in my heart, so he's always with me. Um, and I know you do too. Um, and I know you do something every now and then on a Friday or Saturday night, and you think about, oh, <laughs> I know he's laughing his ass off right now. Oh yeah, for um, sure. You know, that's just again part of being young and and mm -hmm. and living your younger life. But even, even at you know, as a father at my age now, even I do some of the same things because I'm like, oh, you know, if Foster was here, you know, <laughs> he would have some smart ass remark <laughs> for me right now, you know, because I just did something so stupid, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's just how he was. He, he was the king of the smart asses. There's no doubt about it. He, he was good at it. He knew how to get under your skin no matter what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't let him know that he did because then he just would go an inch further. Trust yeah. me. Now, you did talk to uh, the students at United Township High School during the club. You came for Jamie and you talked to them. And I was there that day. And that was very well received. It, it was a different... Uh, it was a different angle for them because mm -hmm. they've heard from parents and they've heard from, they had heard from suicide attempt survivors, um, but they never really had heard from the close friend before. Mm -hmm. So your message to them, I think at that time, because it was during a time when there were still students in the club who knew who Foster was, mm -hmm. I think it really resonated um, with the club at that time. Um, you know, your message was straightforward that, you know, yeah, it hurts. It hurt me. Um, I don't want to lose anymore. And that they matter. Um, you know, you instilled in them. And I think that goes back from your time, you know, being in high school and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being the captain on a football team and being a leader yourself. Um, you know, you were instilling in them that you do matter. You know, your life matters. Um, you know, I've been on the bottom side of it with everything that I witnessed. And here I, I can tell you right now I just how much your life matters. And your message was so clear, I think, to them at that time um, that it was, it, it was the right message at the right time. Um, so you do have that, that message inside mm -hmm. of you. And the reason I bring that up is because I don't want you to ever use, lose that. Always be an advocate. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that voice. Um, you have that lived experience. Um, so, you know, Foster is always with you like we just talked about. So you can always be that advocate. Um, now, you're also very busy. You work a lot. <laughs> I do work quite you, a bit. You juggle a lot of stuff. You know. Uh, and that does have to come first. We certainly understand that because yeah. we want you to live your life and be successful. Um, but you are a very good advocate, too. So mm -hmm. we thank you and we're glad for that, of course, as well. Ashlyn, do you have any questions? Well, first off, I just I'm really thankful that you came into this podcast with us. It's interesting to me as somebody who never knew Foster to hear from your perspective what he was like and who he was before his passing. Um, I guess my question for you is maybe for somebody that's in that place that just, that 
darkness and they just don't feel like there's any point to living anymore, you having been on the other side of it with a close friend, what, what would you say to them? What would you say to somebody who's considering suicide and who may feel like that's the answer, that's the only way out? You've been on the other side of it, losing your best friend to suicide. So what would you say to them? Yeah, that's, that's really a good question. As a friend, you know what it's like. You know you would have been there. Mm-hmm. I, um, I know what I... Yeah, I know what I said to him that night. Probably not the right thing to say. But nowadays, I would say, how, how old are we? I would just ask that. I mean... How old are you? 23. We're, we're so young. I'm 25 at the time we were 18. You didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 53. Yeah, I know. 53, okay. Yeah, even then, even then, there's so much more life. I mean, we have so much more life ahead of us. What your life's going to be like in five years might not be anything like you think right now. That, that, is, that is so true. Like, figure it out and fit, like, Live that life and figure out where you'll be in five years. Look at and then just take it one day at a time. Like it, it really does come down to one day at a time sometimes. Even yeah. for me at fifty three, I gotta slow down and do it constantly. Like <laughs> being busy. And yeah, like, I, I I certainly do not at fifty three have everything figured out. See, um, I should have asked you. I was real. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's that's that's a fact. It, Life is a one day at a time journey because two days from now we don't know what's going to be thrown at us. Nothing's promised. I mean, you know. So you really, you really do take it one day at a time, planning ahead. But really, you can only live one day at a time, right? Yeah, just that—that's what I would say if I could. Somebody came up to me and was like, "I would just, how old are we?" Yeah, and and the truth is, I hear a lot of the time from the the younger people today is you know nobody wants to listen or nobody cares but yet they have all their friends around them a lot of the time mm-hmm. and i know colin you were listening the night before so there are people there that will listen that do want to listen but your mind does play tricks on you and and we have to remember that. yes we have to remember that People are there. They they do want to listen. Um, you know, we have to reach out. We have to talk. We have to communicate. Um, you know, I do believe we are there for each other. I, I do believe that. Um, I do believe that when we're in a time of crisis, though, and I can only, you know, I can only talk about this from what I see, because I haven't been there. Um, Ashlyn, you have. Right. Um, I do believe when we're in a time of crisis, we're not thinking rationally like you would today. You know what I mean? So you don't see or you don't understand that. Colin's sitting here today, and he's talking about, I, I was there. I was listening to Foster, but Foster also wasn't rationally thinking about it or or seeing it in that same way as well so we have we have to have better crisis plans i think uh you know when we know that we can go to those places um i know i want you to have a better crisis plan i'm not losing anymore i can promise you that 
Um, so, you know, crisis plans are very important. Right. Um, they're like, uh, they're like books that we write to ourselves when we're healthy that can remind us when we're not healthy, what we're thinking when we are healthy. And I think it's important that we do that. Um, so that we can tell ourselves, this is what it really is. Um, and to just, let's not be alone when we're in a crisis. Let's be around people. Let's not separate and isolate ourselves. I think that's important as well. That's one thing I could be better at. I just isolate when everything's bad. I just kind of crawl into a hole, you know? And you know you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So don't. <laughs> yeah, before before losing Foster, um, you know, my thought process obviously was a lot different than mm-hmm. what it is now, too. Uh, you know, it it's easier for me to say just don't now, obviously, than it was mm-hmm. six years ago. Um, but I also realize how urgent it is now compared to six years ago. Um, I, I really see how you're, I really see how over the past, this generation compared to my generation, how things are handled differently, I guess you would say. Um, and we just have to, we have to do things differently now. And I'm, I want to, I want to learn, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging anything. Um, my generation had it wrong. And unfortunately, that's what put your generation into the situation that you're in. And that's why we work so much with the youth now is so that we can change it. Because I do believe in the youth now that they can make that, that big difference. Uh, that you guys can make that big difference moving forward. Colin, if there is, if there's anything that you would like to tell the five people that listen to this podcast about foster. We're up to five now. Last time it was three. Well, I'm going to get my mom and dad to listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that'd be there, you go. there you go. But if the, if there's anything that you you could tell the five people that listen to this podcast about foster, what would it be? Not, not what I want them to know or that Ashlyn or Jamie or anybody else would want them to know about Foster. What would you want them to know about Foster? He's one of the brightest people I've ever met. He, um, and I say brightest, I don't mean smart. He was smart. But he just, he was that kind of light in a room, you know, that could always just change the mood if it was a bad mood. He, he always had that spark to him. So those are the people that, yeah, he had, he had like, just that aroma to him, you know? Yeah. He I mentioned was that. a good person. I'm happy you said that because he, he really did. He could change the atmosphere um, wherever he went. Um, he truly, he truly could. Um, I talk in the schools and stuff, and um, I talk about how he could be, you know, he was the one that the party started when he showed up. <laughs> and uh, I miss that. 
Um, I miss I miss the stupid jokes, um, but I do believe that um, I do believe that you know you carry some of that on with you. Oh, yeah. And I think the party starts <laughs> when you show up at times now, too, as well. And I have a feeling that the party probably didn't start until the two of you showed up on many of occasions. <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah, he did have that kind of personality that um, he could change a room when he came in. And I, I thank you for that um, very much um, because um, it's good it's good to hear and it's good to know that he left a positive impact on his friends um, that he hung out with and the people who really knew who he was. 100%. Well, we're getting ready to wind down. Ashlyn, do you have any final parting words for everybody? Just hearing you say that about Buster being the light in the room, I think it just serves as a reminder that sometimes the people who are the brightest light and the happiest on the outside are facing some of the darkest battles and carrying just so much in their hearts and minds. And I think it's just a reminder to check on, check on the people that seem the happiest because you never know what's going on underneath the surface. I think that's, an absolute perfect way to end this podcast. Let's check on all of our strong friends. Let's check on all of our happy friends. Colin, I thank you so much for stepping in and talking about uh, talking about your friend and my son. Um, Thanks I, for having me. I want to say thank you for handling the worst day of my life like an absolute gentleman and a true, true friend and a true son uh, of Jamie and I's as an, a real, real man would. And I'll forever be grateful and in your debt for what you did for Foster. And for all of you out there, hey, let's get over five listeners. Uh, share our podcast. Let's, let's try to get to 10. The goal is always to change the life of one. Um, but if I can get 10 people to listen, maybe we can change the life of two. And for anybody out there who's listening that, that may doubt that anybody cares, um, I can promise you, uh, all of us here at Foster's Voice and United Voices, we care. We care. We care so very much. And as always... This is goodbye from the people at United Voices. And never forget, I love you.